Okay, hello everyone and welcome back to the council. It is a special uh, episode today as the Batman has recently released and we are here to talk all things Bat today. I'm joined by Constance. Hello. Natalia. Hello. And Anthony to talk some Batman. Hey everyone. So jumping right into it, I thought first uh, to get some ideas of where everyone stands on the character of Batman and their past relationship with him. Just like, what is your favorite Batman movie, favorite Batman, like your past relationship with the character? Let's start with Constance. Oh boy, the long one. I've been on the planet the longest, so I've had the most time with this character. I, I've loved this character forever. Like when I was a little girl, other little girls had Barbie birthdays and I had Batman birthdays. I remember my cake had Gotham City and the bat signal on it. So needless to say, I mean, and I grew up with all of them. I grew up with Adam West a little bit. And then I did see Batman 89 in theaters. My, I was old, since I love the character so much, my parents were like, okay, we think you can handle this. And the first time I saw it, I was scared. I remember being scared of that movie, but I loved it. So, and then the animated series came out. It was like every day at 4.30 and I watched it every day for years. So to me, Kevin Conroy is... Uh, I want to say he's my Batman just because he was my Batman during my formative years. So he really, you know, was it, and it was a TV show. So he had time to cement himself in my head. Um, so I've, I've seen every iteration because I love all things Batman. It's my favorite fictional character. It's hard to pick a movie because I've just marathoned most of them and they're so different. They're, um, it'd be easier to say the ones I don't like. <laughs> The same thing yeah. with a movie. It's easier Do to that. say what I don't like than what I like. So that's the very short, short version of all that for me. <laughs> How about you, Natalia? What's your history with the Batman? Um, I am far more familiar with um, DC animation than I am with watching live action Batman films. Um, so that's where my space is. Um, huge animated series ironically enough i really love the brave and the bold i think it's like a fun campy cubic little thing i love it a lot um i i i hmm, this is a lot harder i don't know it's just it's really fun to watch all of these tv shows and see it shapes the exact same character in so many different ways um so when i would watch um oh god with the one in the future with Terry McGinnis beyond 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 Beyond. Beyond? what yes Yes. that's what I was thinking Terry McGinnis yes I won because we have like cranky old Dwayne and that I think is like hilarious um but Terry's just doing like I don't know it's great um but I think probably my favorites which is really funny because I never thought to say this is um the justice version of Batman um I haven't finished season four and I'm sorry but that is mainly because um I associate that show more recently now very heavily with a friend of mine the ex-friend sorry um and I yeah and um, you thought this was going to be a Batman spoiler review. It's actually going to be a Natalia expose. <laughs> I'm, I know it is. Um, yeah. Some DC but um, I associate that with that friend. And because of that, I, I have very heavy emotions with that show now. 
So it's like, it's really difficult for me to finish that show. But anyway, that version of the Batman, because it's like, he's such a dick, (laughs) but I just, it's, I love him so much because we don't really get a whole lot of the detective-y part of it. We just get like the very tactical, like kind of Batman. And I think that's really fun and rare, all things considered. That's it. Animation is, I think, how about you, Anthony? So Batman has always been second to probably Spider-Man, my favorite superhero. I really grew up loving his comics, um, whether it be Batman Year One or I've read The Killing Joke a couple times or The Long Halloween. You know, I think Batman comics, coming from a love of mystery and mystery stories like Sherlock, um, I really enjoyed that. I think Batman being the world's greatest detective has always been a really fun uh, world to really get into. Uh, I remember going to the Dark Knight Rises triple feature on its opening night. Um, I think I slept through half of it because I was 10. Um, But I really, I do love that original trilogy. Um, Though I'm not the biggest fan of Batman 1989, I love Batman Returns. Um, And Michelle Pfeiffer is just wonderful in that film as is you know Michael Keaton's great and everything um but so yeah I think and I also did enjoy um Snyder's Batman despite the you know the fact that he killed and used guns putting that aside uh, I really enjoyed his Batman and uh so I really enjoyed all eras of Batman cinematically and I guess if I were to pick a favorite it used to be the Dark Knight. <laughs> Get into that. Yeah. Um, for me, I, I think the first Batman movie I saw in theaters would technically be Batman versus Superman because I didn't see any of the Dark Knight. But I saw Dark Knight probably sacrilegiously on a car ride for the first time on my iPad. So that was a fun experience. When the I was way Christopher there. Nolan intended. That's the way he intended it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but I did really like those movies. Um, those would probably be my favorite. I'm not really as much into the campy uh, previous movies of Batman. Um, I like it when the character is a little more serious, but I do think um, he did start off very campy with Adam West and there are people who enjoy that and good for those people, but that's not me. Um, and Lego Batman. A lot of people yeah. really love that movie too. I like that movie too. I, I think that was handled well. Um, but yeah, I would. I think I would also hint towards what Anthony is saying. I think I have a new favorite iteration of Batman because I, th- I would honestly say my favorite before this would probably have been the Arkham games. I thought that was a really good depiction of Batman and Gotham and that whole world. And I think this movie is mm-hmm. very similar to that. This movie is pretty Arkham-y, yeah. yeah. Can I just say, there is a Batman Arkham VR game that's for the PlayStation 4 VR that is legitimately my favorite video game of all time. It's about an hour, like, play playtime, um, walkthrough, whatever it's called. Um, you can tell I don't play video games that often. But I love this video game because you get to solve the basically the murder of Nightwing and what happened, and you're piecing sure. together, and it's... The, the twit, I think Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill voice, they come back to voice, or at least voice actors who are, you know, matching that era, but it's so good. It's legitimately scary. And the end twist, like I, 
there would be a part of me that wants them to just to do a one-to-one -one adaptation of this video game's plot. Like it's that great. So that's another thing I love about Batman. I played that game through like probably five or six times. Another good video game is that I think the Telltale games were also very good for Batman. So yeah, getting into our overall thoughts on the movie, who should go first? I'll pick on, let's go reverse. Anthony, what are your overall thoughts on the Batman 2022? So I've seen it four times already, um, as is normal for these spoiler reviews. <laughs> um, and yeah, listen, this may change these things, these things, you know, ebb and flow as time goes on. But currently, in the present moment where we're recording this thing, the Batman is the best superhero movie I've ever seen. And I'm standing by that. It is number one on my letterbox list. And I think the reason that is, is because I was just so blown away first by the craft of the film. This is unlike any blockbuster that's been made like ever almost because the way that the production design and the costume design create the world of Gotham is so important to the movie's success. The sound design, I cannot shut up about the sound design in this movie. I saw it twice in IMAX, once in Dolby and once in Cinemark XD and all theaters just the seats were shaking that Batmobile chase is so wonderful. So you have the sound design. Uh, I mean, the visual effects, like they're invisible visual effects because so much of this movie, like you never are taken out of it because you think there's a visual effect there, which I think is really impressive. Greg Frazier, who I think is the heir apparent to Roger Deakins, is just, his work here is so exquisitely beautiful. And for a movie that has a lot of darkness, he finds subtle ways to create visual variety and then Matt Reeves is directing and writing and how he utilizes this cast is so brilliant because I think he ends up calling out Batman like the, we'll get into this I think the movie is all about attacking institutions and the movie doesn't let Batman walk off without like Batman is an institution so the movie kind of addresses the hypocrisy of Batman and then transitions and and matures him by the end of the movie to the point that this is a character that that represents hope and just the one i was watching was like are you really doing this and so i was blown away i love the movie more every time i watch it it does not feel like three hours it feels like like an hour and a half honestly um so yeah i just i could i honestly did not believe i love this movie as much as i do and i can't wait to watch it again mm -hmm. very good I agree. I guess since I did reverse order, I forgot myself. So I guess I'll go right now. Um, I, I also really like this movie um, a lot. I think I would say it's definitely my favorite Batman movie. Um, I would say it's also easily, I think, like you said, the best crafted easily Batman movie, maybe superhero movie ever. Just every technical aspect, like you said, the cinematography, the sound design, that opening scene where you hear him walking in. I mean, the car chase everything um the score the score is amazing i've been listening to it nonstop. michael giacchino i mean i think that's one of the few recent scores where i think you can just go boom 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 and people will know like what you're talking about and he just did Hard no way do. home like this man what 12 weeks ago did no way and now he's done this like this he dream. <laughs> mm -hmm. he's he's killing it um so yeah, I would. I think the Dark Knight may be a overall like structure standpoint better made movie. Um, I think it probably has less flaws, um, but I think this movie is a better Batman movie. Is the way I would specify it. Like the Dark Knight, 
was felt very very real world um and this i think chicago. strikes an yeah pretty much it's just chicago um but this strikes a nice balance between real i think it's much more grittier than the dark knight too like the dark knight's realistic this is more gritty and grimy gotham actually felt like gotham it looked like it felt like reading a batman comic book more than any other batman movie i have um seen before i think all the performances all around look into each character were amazing the direction was incredible uh like you said the pacing was really well done so not many complaints here i really really enjoyed it um now going off to natalia what do you think i love this movie um han and i went to go see it at 10 30 in the morning because them's the cheap tickets and we're cheap but it was really fun um i loved it a lot it was so funny <laughs> no hablas espanol <laughs> he was uh colin farrell's penguin was the best he was easily the funniest character um the everything was just so pretty to look at which is kind of ironic considering how like dark it is but it isn't like netflix dark where you can't see anything it's like very well i don't know established lit from the few from the little bit of lighting that we do have on the screen um i think the um set design and locations were done really really well i loved this super gothic wayne manor interior i because so much of it of all of the other times that we've seen Wayne Manor, it's just pretty, I don't know, classic McMansion. This one is just gothic and spikes and columns and everything. And it was just everything just looked like a giant web or like a giant tree of just like roots going everywhere. And it was just so good and so pretty to look at. Oh, I loved it every time we were there. Um, I sorry um i liked um stalker batman that was really fun to look at with him and with his little hoodie and the little um uh what do you call them the, the binoculars binoculars thank you <laughs> um and selena zoe kravitz was freaking stupendous amazing stellar spectacular um and the I didn't feel like the, I didn't really feel the three hours. I felt a little bit some places, but overall it was still very based. I was like falling asleep. Hannah was falling asleep. Um, I know, it's okay. She, she's not reviewing it, but that's that's neither here nor there. Um, Emancipate I, yourself now, Natalia. <laughs> I think you need to. <laughs> yeah, I'll exit the room where she can't hear me um, and influence me. Um, I really liked Nigma. Nigma being this, um, <laughs> another unintentionally funny thing was when the um, cop, when he found how many followers that Nigma had, he was our Nash. Was that they changed his last name? I'm yeah. so used to calling Edward, him Nigma. Edward Nashton. Edward Nashton. Edward, Edward, when they said how many followers he has, he was like, he has 500 followers. And I'm like, oh, honey, that's, that's so bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's balling. Um, but I, I was like kind of laughing at that because the delivery was so serious. But then when you see the impact of that near the end, I'm like, oh, hmm, this makes sense. Um, and everything just like 
tied up so well together and Jim Gordon was really great and the social commentary was really great. I, Angry Ben Shapiro is my favorite genre. No um, wonder he didn't like the movie. No wonder. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Um, yeah. And I like, I really loved just emo um, Bruce. That Robert Pattinson is perfect for that and perfect for this. And I just, oh, I, yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about it more later mm -hmm. on. So Constance, your turn. Oh boy. I mean, I also loved it, but I'll tell you, if I could make love to a movie, this is what I want. <laughs> I want this so bad. I, when, I saw when that it ended, I was like, no, give me more. I have to have more. And to give you some context, I usually don't care about car chase scenes. I mean, even if they're well done, I'm like, oh yeah, that's well done. I, I applaud the merit. But in the beginning, when he's just revving it up and we shoot to Penguin and he's making the face and we're going back to the Batmobile and it's such a tease. I was just sitting there like, oh my God, this is like foreplay. I love it. <laughs> so good. Dramatic foreplay brought to you by Matt Greaves. I mean, I've never, I've never responded to a car anything the way I did that. I was, I can't just believe. Titan. I was about to say. <laughs> I can't believe it. I I did not realize I was going to love, I, I mean, I love Batman. I'm like, right, no, even if it sucks, I'm going to at least like it. But I can't believe how much I love this movie. I mean, I have seen this movie more times than Anthony. I'm not going to say how many more, but more. I don't do that. I usually see a movie twice. So, and I'm I'm not done. I'm going back. No, we, need, we need to hear this, Constance. How, yeah. I'll do him. I'll do him. You have a family. How did you get away from them? I had three days off, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. <laughs> so you've seen it. I don't want to say. You're gonna say more it? than four. No, come on, outdo Anthony. It's so weird. I don't want to say. Come on, come no, on. I'm not gonna be in suspense for just a little bit. Let's. Okay. We'll come back to that. We'll come back. Give right. us a riddle, and then we'll have to solve it. <laughs> oh, I'm not witty like that. I'm not. I'm not Enigma smart. <laughs> We'll give you a little time to think of it. Um, okay. Starting off with, um, we're going to go character by character now, give our quick thoughts on each of them. We have to start off with, of course, the title character, the Batman um, slash Bruce Wayne. Not much Bruce Wayne in this movie. Um, I know people have had issues with the way he's portrayed, like he's emo Bruce Wayne. I liked the way Matt Reeves described it, like he's uh, like a recluse, um, like rock star. Um, and he hasn't... He's the hair very, shows that. Yeah. He's he's very early in his Batman career, so he hasn't established this persona yet. I think he probably will. I don't think it'll be exactly the Bruce Wayne we expect from the comics, but I think it'll be a little closer to it. But I do think he's still very much recovering and kind of like an alien to humanity. And I liked the way Robert Pattinson played that. Um, so I liked his Bruce Wayne, but he was Batman for most of this movie. And um, I just got to say that eye acting like it's incredible the way i think it's really pronounced too like you can see this batman's eyes much more than i think you could see any others and i can't think of a specific scene but there were so many moments where you could just see in his eyes like all of his emotions um and he just did an incredible job i would say he's my favorite batman now i think pretty definitively i think he is the most accurate and he, I think, probably gave the best performance of any Batman in any movie. Because in this movie, unlike in many others, the villain, I wouldn't say, like, completely steals the spotlight from him. Like in The Dark Knight, I would say Joker pretty much steals the spotlight completely from 
Christian Bale's Batman, but I do think this is a more Batman focused movie and I enjoyed that very much so. So going reverse order again, Constance, what are your thoughts on the Batman? Well, I agree to, to talk about something a little different because I don't want us to all feel like, oh, we're, we're gonna say the same thing four times. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's a problem to have the Bruce Wayne Batman ratio because of that whole other movies like Batman Begins because that's an origin story. You have a lot of Bruce Wayne and I think that works too in a different way. I don't think there's anything wrong with having less Bruce Wayne, especially because his current state of mind is so the mission that he doesn't want to be Bruce Wayne. But I do think by the end, he learns that Bruce Wayne is a tool and he's going to have to find a way to, you know, hone in on that. So if we do get more movies or, or whatever they do next, we'll get it later. So I, I'm, I'm okay with it coming later because this is in a different headspace. So that's what I want to say that I think is a little different. Mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne is truly the mask in this one, as you can tell. How about you, Natalia? Any thoughts on the Batman slash Bruce? The Batman to Bruce ratio, absolutely solid. Um, I liked the lack of Bruce because it really um, honed in to why he wasn't doing a whole lot of brucing. And it was like, it was a lot of the great systematic things of this movie, which is the massive corruption and his lack of involvement in that showed and also because he's just so like Constance said heavily focused on the mission and um and I think that's great and the oh one of the openings well I wanted to say this in the beginning but I forgot but the opening of when everyone was just looking up at the signal and they all started running away and then the shadows oh great amazing monologue opening um but to have that then be followed by him in the cave and talking to Alfred and his refusal of being a uh, Wayne, he's like, and talking about family and all that jazz. And it was just, it, it made so much sense and it just fits so well with how Bruce and Batman grew as we get more along the movie and into the subsequent end. And I just think it's really good. Agreed. How about you, Anthony? Batman such Bruce thoughts. Yeah, I loved it. I mean, um, I think Pattinson, his greatest strength is his subtlety. I think he is able to fill in the gaps. You know, this is Batman year two. And, but it doesn't feel like at any point, like this is the moment where, this is the one scene where you find out, you know, his interpretation of Bruce Wayne, it's layered throughout the whole performance. And we can talk about this later in terms of the overall theme of the movie, but I think there's a lot of trust going on throughout this whole process. And I think Reeves and Pattinson trust you to see these moments. Um, What I love about Bruce in this is that he, they approach it as if he's been in a state of arrested development since his parents' death. And he's never really approached the waneness in him the same way. I love the scene when Alfred gives him the cufflinks and you can see that he's afraid of attachment to the Wayne name as seen in his apprehensive uh, nature towards putting them on. And I really like that approach because it not only, you know, if if you were linked to that legacy and then trauma was associated with it, you would have a difficult time exploring that, especially given that this is a younger Bruce Wayne. I like that, you know, he's closer to the death than some of the other cinematic Batmans. 
everything about his character, I thought really, really worked. He, and I also think that we saw him fail a lot. And I like that. I like the part when he's about to jump off the police station roof and he, you can see he gets scared. He's like, oh my God, what am I about to do? And then, you know, he tries to land and he gets hit by that overpass. I think the fact that we can get into this, he finds out that the Riddler knows that he's Bruce Wayne. I'm going to stand by that. I think the Riddler is messing with him. Um, And you can see that there's genuine fear in him. And so also, I I think I timed this out. We find out that the Rata Alada riddle, I think an hour into the movie, I think maybe relatively early. Yeah, I I think maybe 45 minutes in. And it takes about another 45 minutes before we get to, I think, Falcone that he's who is the referencing. So the fact that, you know, the movie spends 45 minutes with them chasing down wrong leads. It's not, we, we talked about this in our Uncharted review. One of my biggest faults with that movie is that they just automatically knew all the answers to every puzzle and there was, you didn't see them work for it. This movie, they work for it and they fail. And that humanity is what I think has always been a defining characteristic of Batman Bruce Wayne. It's why I always say that I think it's interesting that the most... N- Marvel of the characters in the DC canon is the most popular because I do think out of all of them, Batman is the most grounded and the most relatable. And so to me, that's what I always loved about him. And I think that's what this movie captures at its soul is the is the true innocence and the loss of innocence that is a part of the Batman character. Yes. So we all liked it, as you can tell. Well, very positive fest here. Um, next, let's talk about Zoe Kravitz's Catwoman. Um, I guess I can start. Um, I I don't know. I feel like it's this is a harder one to say that it's like my favorite. I think Michelle Pfeiffer is really good as the character. It's a very different interpretation. Um, this Catwoman is more like the Catwoman that I've read in the Batman comics that I have read. Less campy, a little more grounded. Um, but I mean, when when you have a character like Batman who is very like low level like very doesn't show much subtle um I think that particularly emphasizes like her and her character I think she just has this like movie star factor where like you're automatically your eyes are drawn to her um I think she did a really good job I think she's also kind of like the heart of the movie in a lot of ways with her arc um I loved all her different outfits and looks um yeah, I, th- I just thought she did a really good job. Did we mention the we finally seeing the the eyeshadow that he puts on as Bruce Wayne in our Bruce Wayne? Yeah, attack? to emphasize that, the eyes. Yeah, email that really man like that. Um, but no, I mean it's a, it's been a plot hole in these movies. Like we never see it, so I like that we yeah. got to see him. Um, Raccoon eyes. And also, I think my friend pointed this out that, that whenever he wears the suits as Bruce Wayne, it's kind of oversized, as if he's a child in his father's suit. So that's another thing. Uh, Jacqueline Duran, um, who did, I think, Little Women and a couple of other movies, Pride and Prejudice, maybe she did the costume design here. Um, With Catwoman, what I liked about her is that they kind of show how Bruce Wayne is caught in between Catwoman and the Riddler. Catwoman is somebody who prioritizes her personal feelings and her personal relationships, whether that be with Annika um, or her mother, Maria Kyle, which then ties into the Ave Maria being used throughout the movie, the fact that it's the name of, of Catwoman's mother. Also, Maria, Martha, this is kind of similar. Um, 
But so she, you know, as we see in the 44 below scene, you know, when the DA's friend brings up Annika and she's like, I'm here for Annika. I'm not here to, for your mission, Batman. Compare that to Riddler, who's kind of just like, let's let everything explode. It doesn't matter, you know, your associations or your, you know, what you're tied to, everything goes, everything is destroyed. So I like that the Batman is caught between those two characters. And what I loved about Zoe Kravitz is there was a very strong sense of strength and vulnerability that was simultaneous throughout the whole movie. You could see that she was afraid of what she was doing, but she was also committed. All the scenes with her and Falcone, I think, show this. Um, and I also think I really love the moment uh, at the end of the film when they're motorcycling out, where like it, it almost feels like they're two kids racing on their bikes and they're doing it in a cemetery where they're surrounded by death and, and loss and passing, but they're not letting that stop them. And I think that's what, in, when people say that like, I didn't feel anything and this movie didn't have any emotions. I mean, that's the emotional point of the movie. It's that you don't let darkness define you and you just keep going. And I like the fact that Catwoman is used both for her and for Bruce, that the two of them now have something to protect. It's not just keeping people safe. It's that they personally have somebody to protect they can be attached to somebody and not be afraid of the worst thing happening. So I, I, I liked her a lot. I do agree. I think Michelle Pfeiffer is, is iconic in Batman Returns and it's hard for me to uh, let go of that performance. But I also think Catwoman, and what I love about this maybe most of all is that it's set up that she's the secondary lead in this trilogy, we're assuming as a trilogy. So we're going to get more of her and we have the faith that we're going to get a returning female character in a Batman movie. I mean, even Rachel was recast for the Dark Knight trilogy. So we've never really gotten that, I feel. So I'm really looking forward to now that, you know, she's become more confident. She's gone through the emotional arc that she did in this film, that we're going to see her really kick some ass as the films uh, go on. And Zoe Kravitz just, you know, going all the way back to Divergent. And in 2014, she's really come a long way. And I th there was this lovely tweet that her father, Lenny Kravitz, tweeted out. She said, like, he was like, this is the moment. I'm so happy for you. And I, it's just really sweet. And I think she definitely owns the role. Um, yeah, I just, I really loved it. And also, what, what do we think? I think this was, as far as LGBT representation goes in mass media, I thought this was a, a positive. Bisexual Catwoman. You love yeah. to see it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad. I mean, they, they throw in the line where like, she's just a kid. So like, I guess you could take it that way if you're in like, you know. I don't know if East. you call your friends like baby and stuff though. Yeah. I mean, she All calls them. two people baby and that's Batman and that's Annika. So I think it's pretty yeah. clear. I'd be, I'd be surprised if anybody could derive a, another meaning. So it's like, no, they're Chandler and Joey. They're just really good friends. Yeah. Hug a lot. <laughs> don't think so. Um, how about you, Natalia? Catwoman thoughts. Um, Catwoman thoughts, very sexy. Um, every, yeah. every, <laughs> yeah, and scene. Um, every time we would get like a wide shot of her fighting someone, which was essentially just kicking the shit out of them with her long ass legs. That was like some of the hottest thing that was on screen. I kid you not. Um, I liked her priorities in the sense that she was like, sorry, Batsy, I'm here for me and me only. Um, so I thought that was very realistic because she she told 
Batsy in the beginning. I'm going to keep calling him that because duh, what else am I going to call him? Um, she told him in the beginning that she was like, I'm doing this for Annika. And he was, I love how surprised he was when um, she was like, sorry, dude, I'm out. And like taking the, um, the recording uh, uh, contact off. And I was like, she told you <laughs> right before any of this started that she was here for her girl and her girl only. Um, you that being there was just a little added bonus in her in her ears. Um, but yeah, I really liked her priorities. Um, I like how she was just stealing from everyone. That was really fun and sexy. Um, you know, eat the rich and all that jazz. Okay, now bye. Yeah, I do wonder at the end, she only takes one cat. Was that her favorite? Did she just abandon all the others? It's she is a tabby kind of lady. It was yeah. a nice little tabby and yeah. looked like a good kitty. Yeah, we only saw one awesome. cat. The rest of them could have been piled in there somewhere. So yeah, no. that's true. That's true. They know how to squeeze in places. <laughs> how about you, Constance? Catwoman thoughts. Um, I don't like comparing um, people either, especially when you do have previous iconic performances. But what, again, just like how this movie brings so many different things, I like some subtle things that they did. Like I like that she never wore the same wig twice. You know, when you work in a place like that. And when she's going through the club for Batman and she's like, I don't want to maintain eye contact because you're sending men the wrong message if you look too long and if you smile, you know, because then that's, hey, I'm inviting you to come over here, maybe buy me a drink or whatever. So it's doing all these little things that women can pick up on. Like, yeah, yeah, we, we feel that we understand. I also like that she's not just there to be the girl. Just like since this is an early Batman, if she didn't bring Kenzie Batman wouldn't have that piece of the puzzle. So she's important to the plot. And in the big climactic um, arena scene, there is a moment where she saves him back. So like he saves her, but she saves him too. So I, I like that she has some agency. She, there's, it's not like, oh, we got to drop a, a girl in here. She feels like she belongs there. It's not just tokenism. So I really appreciate all that on top of everything that you guys have already said. Yeah. And the chemistry between the two, I know some people said it wasn't there. I thought it was really there. I thought this was one of the most sexiest and like horny comic book movies we have gotten in a while. I mean, because that's not, we get mostly Marvel movies and that's not really in any of them. So and I the thought promotion? that was a nice factor. Those two went to the Oscar Isaac school of, um, <laughs> of eye fucking your, your castmate. Yep, they are flirting. Yep. Mm -hmm. You're welcome, up. Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> next up another person who we would all like to have dinner with paul dano as the riddler um, I, was, I was very scared you were about to say colin farrell's penguin yeah i'd honestly rather have dinner with him than paul dano as the riddler to be honest um really, away from the riddler man <laughs> yeah ten foot pole <laughs> yeah yeah uh i thought he did a really good job here i thought um especially with the mask i mean that opening scene when the light like flickers and then you see him behind. I mean, that was just like an incredible start. It was amazing. Which he uses shadows just like Batman. We can get mm -hmm. into this, but I love how they show the, the parallels. The parallels between them. Um, yeah. 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 I, I thought, and especially at the end, um, when he is unmasked and he's in Arkham Asylum and he like is realizing that Batman isn't like his buddy and he's having like this emotional breakdown in front of him. I thought Paul Dano did a really good job. And the whole like Twitch, like streamer, like I am also friends with like these other people who feel like outcasts and like they want to like be violent to like 
I don't know. It's very real world that to a point where it was kind of like scary. Like this happened like in January 6th and stuff like that. Um, don't forget to just, like, was, comment and subscribe so then we can yeah. buy more detonators. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did. And because they kept those side comments on for a long time, I was like, that was, I think, the initial hint. Because at first it didn't seem like they were joining to help him. But then you look at those comments and it's like, oh, they're talking about buying guns and masks and stuff. And it shows you someone with even 500 followers can have some impact. Um, my one complaint is I do think his riddles were relatively easy. Um, like I, I figured pretty much all of them out, especially the first one. Like he lies still. That was like relatively easy. I would have preferred something where it's like, I'm kind of like working it with Batman. And then it's like, oh, dang, how did you figure that out? You're really smart, Batman. But instead I was like, okay, it's not Penguin. You know, this other guy's last name is Falcon, you know. Um, yeah, but that's that's really my only complaint. But what are your thoughts, Anthony, on the Riddler? Well, I don't know. I, I guess I'm just so in tune with the movie that I can never figure these things out. Like, I remember like a when, when Avengers Endgame came out, like it should have dawned on us earlier that Hawkeye and Black Widow were going to Soul World and or were going to Vormir and one of them was going to have to die. But I was so locked in that I didn't really realize that until she's jumping off that cliff. So with the riddles, I didn't solve them, but maybe because I was just so, I was like, the sound design that I just couldn't dedicate my mind to like, he lies still. Um, but yeah, I, I loved Paul Dano. I, I, he is a tremendous actor. I got to see him on Broadway and I met him uh, and he in a show with Ethan Hawke. It was a really great show. Um, and he, the, his interrogation scene was the best scene in the movie for me. I just yeah. was so floored by his acting and this was the scene. So this is what my viewing experience was like on the first uh, screening, where once I realized, and it was about the time that the DA is strapped with the bomb, I realized that the movie is kind of having this theme of attacking institutions. But then I was worried. I'm like, well, doesn't that make your main character a walking hypocrisy? Because if an 80-plus-year-old character is deemed the moral high ground, like, that doesn't... That, that it's so contradictory. And so I was worried. We get to this scene and we get to him calling Batman out on, you know, if you lead through fear, that's what's going to happen. You're going to, that's going to be your legacy. And I like that the movie kind of calls on that. And the direction here where Robert Pattinson starts banging the, the, the partition, the, the glass, yeah. and he's not going to break it because he'll never break it. If you're going to lead this lifestyle, you're never going to stop him because that will outlast you and so the fact that that scene was doing that and now i'll post this i think he did know who bruce wayne was and i think he was playing with him uh, i think it was very clear on his collage wall there was too many pictures of bruce wayne next to i know who the real you is that i just i think he was playing with him um and yeah the the whole paul dano scene like i i i don't like to you know, I'm very careful with the hyper, hyperbolic sentences, but it did remind me of the interrogations in the, in the Dark Knight. I think they're comparable scenes, and I think he gives a comparable performance. The whole thing, I was just so, he, he, the fact that he is a comic book villain, like the scene, like the, the, the still of the question mark in the coffee, like that is a comic book frame. And so the Riddler can represent that, and yet can also be this very sinister, very diabolical figure he really really impressed me and I think his 
this is a weird comparison, very similar to Mahershala Ali in Moonlight, who isn't in the movie that long. You feel his presence throughout, even when he's not on the screen. And I think that is attributed to Paul Dano's work, that you feel him the entire movie. Uh, from the opening scene, going back and watching the movie the second time, realizing that it's his POV that you're watching through the binoculars of the opening scene. Like, I thought it was Batman mm -hmm. the first time I watched the movie. But then, no, it's Riddler. He's about to go into the house and kill the mayor. So, like, even then, you could sense, like, the way the camera moves. Like, you just feel his presence. And I think that speaks to a really great villain. So I'll ask you, do you think the Riddler, in fact, knows Bruce Wayne is Batman? I probably, yes. I think they just played it. I think it is when you look at that collage. I was also just wondering in that scene, like you see a picture of Batman next to Bruce Wayne and it says, I know who the real you is. How are the cops not like, you know, their lower half of the faces look really similar and stuff like that. Like that's, that's a rare jawline to come across. Um, just saying, so I don't know. I would probably say yes, but I would say, yeah. I don't know. They I mean, could I my only thing is I understand like if Reeves is like, listen, it's the start of this trilogy. He's going into Arkham. If we say clearly that the Riddler knows, then all of Arkham would know and that maybe mm -hmm. loses tension for this trilogy going forward. Um, so I, again, maybe that was the reason why they didn't explicitly say. Um, and also then it's a secret between the two of them. So, and the, he still has yeah. the upper hand. And I do think he's coming back. I, I hope this isn't a one and done. Like, I feel like Heath Ledger, if he didn't pass away, I think there was talks that he would be in Rises. Um, and of course, Liam Neeson cameoed in Rises. So I do, like, I do think we're going to get for the first time a major villain come back uh, for the sequel. I hope. I do agree with Anthony that I do think that he knows. And it's also just like, I love the fact that Nygma himself does know that Bruce is Batman and Batman is Bruce, but then he just goes crazy and no one ends up believing him. Um, so I think, especially with the um, the last scene, you really, I, I get hints of that a little bit with him pacing and looking out the window and then Barry, cut, Hannah, what do you, how do you say his last name? Barry, Barry Cohen. Co Barry Cohen. Cohen? That's how she says it. I think it's wrong. I, I've always said Keegan. Barry Keegan. Or, or Barry Keoghan. Barry Keoghan. Barry Keoghan. I, I, I call him Dunkirk boy. I didn't know he was in this movie to begin with. I saw his tweet about like Batman. Like, oh, like, like he was like, oh, he tweeted like Batman. I was like, oh, that's cool. Like he's supporting the movie. That's cool. And then we saw the end credit and I see Barry, his last name. <laughs> For a second and I was like like the my life flashed before my eyes I was like who was he and then we had to wait for the credits to see who he was and then I just I lost it she did so yeah Drew, like, Drew Ignatian is being rewarded with this Drew Ignatian is being rewarded with this I was I saw the video again and I realized it's the laugh like the laugh could yeah yeah and the nose yeah and the nose Okay, bye-bye. Um, also, one thing, is because I thought of this, if you watch the scene as if Edward Nashton, the Riddler, treats Batman and Bruce Wayne as separate individuals, then his dialogue maybe makes a little bit more sense. Like, he's the one that got away. Because mm -hmm. he would treat him as if Batman is a singular entity, too. That's, a, that's the read I think I end up having, and that's why I believe he is, he knows that, that Batman is Bruce Wayne. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
How about you, Constance? Riddler. Oh, he was terrifying. And part of the reason why I keep going back is I want that opening moment where it's dark and then the TV, because every single time people have been like, <gasps> and I just, I live for that, you know? It, I mean, it's scary. It's genuinely terrifying. So what a great idea to have a Zodiac-inspired Riddler. I'm like, I can't believe we haven't thought of this sooner. Because the minute you hear that, you're like, of course, duh, right? Um, very good. And it works. Like that's Two things about part. the does he know, does he not know. There is a president in the comics, so he finds out in the comics and he keeps it to himself, partly because he's really, you know, how supervillains are like, I'm so smart and awesome. I think he has some pride in like, I'll never tell because then I'm the smart one. I know, ha ha, you know, there's a part of that. But the more I listen to the dialogue, I think it is written ambiguous enough where if you wanted to interpret as maybe he doesn't, maybe that's just a really, you know, convenient coincidence thing I think it's there if you want that to be true because of it's so smartly written so you know we haven't talked about the script yet um and Anthony you're right I recently rewatched the Dark Knight it is funny how there's a lot in common and they both have really good scenes where they're alone with Batman and Batman kind of thinks like right I just have to figure out this one little piece and then we're done here and then both of them had a moment where they said this key thing and it keyed him up so he gets all violent you know so they actually have a lot in common um, but to get to keep it on Riddler, yeah, terrifying. I, I liked it a lot. Definitely thought he was scary. So, yeah, his um, it, when he has the the police commissioner and the, <laughs> I keep calling it the bear trap because it reminds me of Saw, but it's the rat maze, mm. and he does that thing where he looks at the screen and goes goodbye, <laughs> and like that just alone, he's just like, oh my god, his laugh. It's just yeah, Paul Dano really. Like, I hope he's okay, because he's talked about how, like, he went to dark places on this movie to create that character, but it works. It worked out. I, like, between him, Willem Dafoe, and Heath Ledger, I think that's your trifecta of comic book villains in movies. Like, it's really, like, he, it's just so well done. And even when he's, like, he's, like, his face is slammed on the table when you they see the him. glass breaking a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, no, he's wonderful, really wonderful. And that character, like, I love Jim Carrey, but that character should not work in this movie. Like, you would, you look at the page and like, this doesn't, this shouldn't work as well as it does. And I think that's Reeves, who we should, we should probably talk about at some point uh, on his own. But like, he really, he knows, he is, has such passion for the material, but he also has such passion for filmmaking, and he knows what will work in a medium that is not comics and how to transition the stuff that needs to be transitioned. Agreed. Uh, so we can quickly go through these final few characters. Uh, so let's start off with Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon. Um, yes. Incredible, incredible. I would say, I'm not sure if, he's probably the co-lead more than Catwoman is. I really liked seeing how they were true partners in this. It's not like Batman just coming in and being like, here's the information, like pretty much doing his job as he's done in other um, iterations. They really do work together to solve all of these scenes and crime stuff. Um, and we don't really like get to know a ton about, about him, but I feel like his performance alone is just like, I would say he's my favorite Gordon. He, um, he also provides a lot of the levity. Like this movie's jokes are um, subtle. They're not like kind of like MCU jokes where they're a little more blatant. Um, I do, I do think he delivered a lot of that levity too. 
I just really liked him and his chemistry with everyone. So how about you, Constance? What do you think of him? Oh, this is much easier to say. This is my Jim Gordon. Because yeah. before Gary Oldman, it was always just like, quick, Batman, come to police headquarters. The Riddler's doing this. The Joker's doing that. Blah. And like, there's he's such a tertiary character otherwise. So it's so nice. Like, yes, this is comics, Gordon. This is what I want. So I have no problem saying this is my Jim Gordon for sure. Love him. Want more of him. And I, you know, I know people are sad about lack of Alfred, but I think it's because this is a Batman Gordon centric mm-hmm. story. So it's like, right, we don't have a lot of Bruce Wayne because Alfred would be with him. But while he's the Batman, and this is a, you know, you know, it's the kind of case we didn't talk about this, how it's only over like six, seven days, depending on how you want to count time. Like a week. So, yeah. You know, it's almost got a ticking clock. So they have to be together like the whole, it makes sense. So I think it's all good. Excellent. Love them. More please. Yeah, agreed. How about you, Natalia, Commissioner Gordon? Um, I loved him. I love that he kept calling Batman man. Um, he was like, come on, man. I was like, that's- No one ever calls him Batman crazy. in the whole movie, hmm? right? He was never called Batman, right? No. Alfred, well, Alfred, it's the word Batman is said twice. Alfred says, um, the killer left this for the Batman at the beginning. Well, yeah, Riddler addresses him. I, yeah. But so it's said in that scene with Alfred and then- Pattinson says this could be the end. The end of what? The Batman. That's it. Those are the only two times. He's called came. Vengeance more than he is Batman, which I found surprising. He is. Which that pays off really well at the it end does. when yeah. the, the Riddler's uh, lackeys say, I'm vengeance. I'm vengeance. Yeah. Um, I liked Gordon a lot. Um, it Constance is right that we don't really, this is the first time that he feels like an actual friggin' character outside of just shooting up the bat signal and here and there. Um, and he just, he felt so good. He felt, and I could, I don't know, because I just absolutely love the show Gotham, um, the, to see a young Gordon in that show and to see a slightly older, but not commissioner yet, and he's still a detective. It's just so great to see that um, hierarchy and how he's still kind of like afraid and kind of hesitant on doing the things that he's doing with Batsy. Um, But it was just, it was so much fun, little team ups the whole time. And they would just go around into places that they shouldn't be with their little flashlights. It's just, it was really fun to see. yeah, I would have. Do you think we should have had a little Barbara mention? My daughter, or no? Probably not, because they're doing a Batgirl movie that's not connected. Oh, to Oh, that's at all. right. That's they probably right, that's don't right. want to. I do hope though that by the end of this trilogy, we do have a Bat family. I hope we get Robin. I hope we get Nightwing, and I hope we get Batgirl. Um, I do Which hope that Robin. I mean, I would like, I, would say so. I don't want, I don't, listen, I'll do respect to Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I don't need Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Robin, age. I would like a younger, Rob, if it is the mayor's son, I would love if they pick that. That's true, though. That's oh, a baby. That's an well, infant. by the time they make the next movie, it's like how, you know. It's a Stranger what? Kids thing. Yeah, so, just, spoil, I listen, know. I don't know this to be a fact. I'm just going to state this because I think this is maybe what's going to happen. The kids who were the kids in WandaVision, it's been so long in between that, that by the time Dr. Strange comes out, they may be the right age for those roles. So I think that is maybe what's gonna happen with um, the mayor's son is that if they want to, he can be a, He's a good know, actor. Yeah. Even I mean, he, he was doing some nice eye act in there whenever yeah. he put the Batman. I mean, um, 
it was a little moment, but when Alfred and Bruce Wayne have their first scene together and then Alfred, like they are yelling at each other and you see that there's contention between them. And then he looks at the young boy looking up at him, like Bruce probably looked up at him. Mm-hmm. And then that makes him want to start helping with the mystery. Just, ah, oh, tears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, did everyone talk about Commissioner Gordon? We're all good with him. I think so. I mean, I love Mike Gary Oldman. I love him. Yeah. It's my favorite Batman moment ever, period. Comics, movies, what have you, is Dark Knight Rises when Gary Oldman is like, the people of Gotham should know the hero who saved them. And Batman goes, anybody could be a hero. A hero could be somebody who puts a coat over a young boy's shoulders to tell him that the world isn't coming to an end. And that's when Gary Oldman finds out, Gordon finds out that Batman is Bruce Wayne. That is the definitive Batman moment. I love that scene so much. So it's very, they're equal to me. I love them both. Mm-hmm. They are pitch perfect as much as Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man, as much as just a- any other perfect, J.K. Simmons is J. Jonah Jameson. Like they are the comics, they are Gordon and I love them both equally. Uh, Jeffrey Wright, I think you're right. I think him and we could talk about Penguin now, they do bring some moments of levity um, that are really yeah. needed. And so the movie doesn't, it isn't this monotonous dirge for three hours. Like it does the whole, like, when they're pretending to talk impassionately, he's like, "That's so good." Yeah. and it's like you could have pulled that punch, man. And he goes, "I did." I like did. that stuff really worked. Yes. You, you could sense it was a history, and you could really sense that these were two people that wanted to work together because of their shared beliefs. And I really like that. Again, trusting the audience to fill in the gaps. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Speaking of it, our last character here, Penguin, Colin Farrell, unrecognizable. If you told me it wasn't him and I had a hundred guesses afterwards for who it was, I would not say Colin Farrell. Which also I just wanna people often shout out just the makeup for that, but he does he like the accent is incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the character work in general. This is like incredible work from him. I would say this is probably especially going forward, going to go down as one of his most iconic roles. He he provides a lot of levity. I liked how we see him kind of almost as Falcone's um, like secondhand guy. And now that Falcone's gone, we, we're gonna kind of get to see the rise of the penguin. Like, I on think he's HBO probably gonna- Max. Yeah, I think he's the also- The whole budget for the show all... is on his face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's gonna be long days in the makeup chair for him. But yeah, I just It'll thought- It'll be worth it. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Constance? what do you think of penguin? Oh, I agree with all that. Such damage control. Like when people say, give me your list, Everyone hates where I put Batman Returns. And it's not, Michelle Pfeiffer saves that movie. But what drags that movie for me, because I saw it as a kid, is Danny DeVito. He ruined that character. I can't yeah. watch it. If I do watch that movie, I fast forward through any Danny DeVito scene if I can, except for the time when he and Michelle are talking, because I, I, I can't handle him. So between Gotham, the show, and this, I'm like, yes, we have saved the penguin. He can be a great character. Thank you for rescuing this. So yeah, Stellar loved it. Mm. It just shows the, the greatness of the work and, and the right casting does so much. I mean, he does a lot with a little because he's barely in the movie, but you know, it's like the perfect amount. So yeah, really good. How about you, Natalia? The penguin. Um, yes. I Constance, you mentioned the Gotham penguin, and I love the stark differences between these two penguins, but they're just so perfect and if I'm gonna say anything about this the biggest takeaway from me and my relationship with Gotham is that that penguin and also kind of sort of that Riddler 
absolutely solid. Like they were kind of fun and kind of joking, kind of happy, but like the more that you kept going, it just got more serious and it was great. Anyway, this penguin, loved it. He was absolutely hilarious. No hablas espanol, fellas. <laughs> he was the best thing about this. Um, Am I the only one who knows the difference between Ella and La? Yeah. You had him. You had him penguin walk. You had him waddle. Like a in a deeply dramatic movie. You had Colin Farrell waddle like a penguin, and it a hundred percent works. Because it's natural and organic. That's how you do it. You guys know I'm still here, right? Yeah. He's. He was so good. I feel like a lot of the time, kind of like with Danny DeVito, it can feel really caricature-ish, but. This one was quite grounded and pretty real. And he just had a, he was really funny. Um, I liked how we kept seeing um, his, him leaving more and more with um, him separating himself more and more from Falcone, um, especially near the end. He was like, you rat son of a bitch or something. And it was just, it was so great to see. And it was, he was, really good he was really funny and he looked great in his little suits and yeah it was good yeah. it was and the car chase amazing i got you Incredible. i got you oh. and then he just oh. and then yes. like a bat out the of score. hell here he comes yeah yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah i love that car chase i need to go see this movie again mm-hmm. i i do have a i have a question i want to post you because i, I i've had and i'm interested because i think we haven't we were all Batman fans, but I know Constance seems to be a like a decades-long Batman fan. So I'm interested in what she thinks of this specifically. Because I've gone back and forth. Because I think the choice that they end up making works within the context of the story that they're telling. But still, as a Batman fan, I'm a little iffy on it because it's my number one biggest complaint. It's what sinks Batman 89 for me. The fact that Thomas and Martha Wayne's death is tied into the current plot line and that the mystery around that is no longer there because I, I, the movie does play it like we'll never know, but I think it's clear that Falcone killed Thomas and Martha Wayne or sent somebody to do it. What do we think about that? Because at, at some point I'm like, I don't like it, but at the same point, like, no, I think it works for the story that they created and I'm, I'm fine with, it's like, and that bending Captain Marvel I'm fine with you changing the comics if it works for the movie that you're telling. And I think it does. So in the end, I'm fine with it. But it was something that like the second viewing, I was like, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, I will say that I'm first of all, I'm just happy that we didn't open with a death of the parents. Um, that was very refreshing to me. Oh my God, then leave. <laughs> um, um, that was really We're refreshing. so much about Natalia's life in this episode. <laughs> I know. Um, I really like that. The thing that I liked the most about this was that we got to see the um, Martha is an Arkham. And that I think is one of the greatest things to ever happen to Martha as character. Because she almost a lot of the time before that was happened pretty recently-ish in the comics. Um, she was just kind of Martha Wayne and that's it. Um, and so I found that to be a lot of fun. And I was like audibly gasping when um, that um, projector um, slideshow presentation was coming up in the movie. And you got to see the hints of Martha's past and 
Thomas and then how that all spiraled out to being corruption and not really but corruption. Um, and yeah, I, I'm kind of okay with the fact that this wasn't based around, um, the plot wasn't living in the um, parents are dead, find Joe Chill kind of situation um, because it has been done so many times. Like, I don't know if I want to see Robert Pattinson go after Joe Chill, um, but yeah, I think it's just, I don't know. I'm okay with it not being there because yeah. it has been done time and time again. And I'm just happy that it wasn't done here. I, 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 just, I see it more as like, as you get older, you learn the truth about your parents. And yeah. I like that, you know, Alfred says your, your father was a good man. And it's about reconciling these contradictory images because you're learning about these people from people who have different perspectives of them. At the same time, you're learning about your own memories of your, like your childhood perspective of them. So in that context, again, I think it works and it, it delves into the whole attacking institutions thing where he attacks the legacy of your family and the protection your family gives you. So I was fine with it, but just as a longtime Batman fan, especially because I had such a, the Joker killing Thomas and Martha Wayne in 89 Batman was such a big issue for me that when it happened here, I'm like, am I being a hypocrite now? Because I, I really don't, I hated that part of 89 and I'm just like, but do I hate it here? And I, maybe it's because it's better supported too. Yeah, I was fine with it personally. If anyone else has anything else um, to say. Again, my, my list of things I don't like in this movie is small, but something in, in this area is one of them. I don't know what it is about the Wayne storyline that bothers me, but I agree with Natalia that I think it's important to explore because again, it's, it's in the comics that Martha does have a history. I think that's important because we want an unhinged Batman. He has to have at least a touch of that crazy because the best way to that defeat him is because you, you kind of know how they think. So he needs to be among them, but the difference is he has a line he's not going to cross. So I, the more I watch it, I'm like, okay, I don't like this, but I can't put my finger on why. So to make peace with it, I kind of decided, well, is because this is an early Batman, is this about to go with your theme about, oh, I got to be something better? Does that have to be in, in the movie so that he can kind of let go of this fantasy image of his parents and so that he can be something that's greater than his parents? It's like, it's not about them. It's actually about the city. I don't know if that's a yeah. reach. Um, no, no, I think that's that. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe also because it was the pinball effect of like Falco, you Falcone tells him that Maroni killed the parents, and then the next scene is Alfred telling him that Falcone killed his parents. So maybe it was just like, again, the smallest flaw that there is, the Falcone parts of it. John Turturro was fine. I really liked him in the movie, and especially the, when he like hits Zoe Kravitz with the pool table. I'm like, oh man. So like he was good in the movie and I think he was a, he was a very like icky evil. Uh, he wasn't evil in the same way that the Riddler was. But I think that part of the movie, maybe if that tied more into the, to the main mystery, like, I don't know about you, but I, I was, once we got to the arena, I was like, oh, did we, was, oh, was that, was he the, was that the whole point? Was that the, the thing that was going to shake Gotham to its core, that it was Carmine Falcone? So maybe if we saw one of these scenes, that was just my only thing with the movies, like, but it, it gets better on repeat viewing too. So right. I don't know how to rectify that. I'm just, 
the Falcone reveals of the movie, both his own reveal and the fact that he was responsible for the Wayne's death, I thought could have maybe just with an extra 30 seconds that we see that we actually show some of these scenes, I think could have been a little bit improved. But I mean, no movie's perfect. And this is this one's this one, the one imperfection the movie has. Mm -hmm. The other thing is there's so many layers because people are saying that the movie's too long. They're saying, oh, I just kept thinking it was over. And I'm like, based on what? You know, like I felt like, oh no, we haven't done this yet. We haven't done that yet. So I didn't feel like it had an ending and then an ending. And I was like, maybe what they mean is he finds out that he's the rat. He finds out that he killed his parents, maybe. You know, Zoe wants to kill him and he has to talk her down. So she has to have that moment of, you know, we're not going to kill him. And then he gets killed. I feel like there's just too many things with just his character, all this buildup. And he's the thing. Maybe that's too many things to put on one character, you know? But at the same time, it's like rooting him as like the focal point. So like I yeah. could, I mean, I feel like people who are saying this, like this is Return of the King syndrome. It's like, I, like, I, I just don't buy it. Cause like, what did you think? Did you think the movie was ending with the, the flare and the sky? Like we still have, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like if people think that there's only like 10 extra minutes. And I'm also not a, like the return of the King, I think ends perfectly. Like, I don't think it has extra endings. So like, I don't know. I never get this. I'm trying to think if I've ever been in a movie where I'm like, just end if, I mean, except for like movies that I don't like where like, you know, House of Gucci could have done great things if it ended five minutes into the runtime. Um, but that's not, I never feel that way about good movies where I'm like, it just doesn't know how to end. I think the movie ends on the note it should with it, its personal scene with Catwoman. It, it could speak to the people who didn't have an emotional connection with it because then they don't buy the Catwoman-Batman relationship and that's the movie's last note. So maybe that's what they're saying. But for, I think all of us, we bought their relationship throughout the movie. So ending on that, felt necessary yeah yeah so really i guess ending what our quick talk about this um anything you disliked or nitpicks i know we kind of got into it a little bit there i would say my major one would probably be there this movie is very like we said gritty realistic down to earth it feels very real and there are moments that kind of pulls me out of that. Like when he is skydiving and he, he like- He looked like a little flying squirrel. Yeah, he hits the bridge, he hits a car and then he like rolls over and it's like, and then he just gets up and he's like, ow. And then the next scene he's back to like fighting people. It's like, okay, I don't know if I quite believe that. Kind of like in Black Widow. He went to the, I was about to say, he went to the Black Widow school of falling yeah. off of buildings. <laughs> that movie overall is like trying to stay very grounded and gritty and then she like, moments like that where she falls down or like that car crash similar here like I don't know how Penguin survives that car crash realistically so there were a few moments so like that times. where I was like okay that's a bit of a stretch that's kind of like taking me out a little bit but overall I don't really have much nitpicks outside of that anyway. movie, oh, I don't want a nitpick too I have one we have not talked about do it okay. I do not like the Joker thing I oh yeah it. I don't like it's, that either. it's executed well I just don't want it there. If it were me, I would have cut that whole thing out. So, you know, you know what was funny is that I was watching that and I saw some, I thought that I saw some exposed teeth and I was like, Harvey Dent? 
Oh, yeah, it's weird how mm-hmm. a lot of people think it's Two-Face. Yeah. I thought it was Harvey because I saw some exposed teeth and like a it kind of normal like nose that. on the other end. Oh, I know, God. but it wasn't like, it was like. Well, the other thing too is they shoot it in a way where it's like final look to be determined. So shoot him in shadow. Exactly. Um, but listen, there has been an interview going out where Matt Reeves says that character is, it, this isn't like Batman Begins where they they show the Joker card and this teases that he's going to be the main force. I think Reeves mm-hmm. has said that it's more like we're just filling in the world. That character doesn't necessarily is he. I think he's talked about wanting to do Mr. Freeze for the main villain of the next Ooh. one. When so we could have a blue theme yeah. instead of a red one. I agree. Yes, <laughs> and then and then I don't know purple for the last. What's the last one? Green. I don't know. Green um, ivy. Yeah. Uh, so Constance, I agree. Like I I don't need that scene, but at the same time, if that's just to show that the Riddler isn't defeated because. If other people see, like, like keep his ideas alive, like I feel like it works. And if that means if if the Joker isn't going to be the main villain of the next one, I think I'm fine because I don't like. We've had so many Jokers at this point that listen. I trust Reeves and Keoghan, Keegan, K, whatever the hell his name is, to like do something interesting with it. Fine. Like I rather they go find the Riddlers and they go find these like other characters that haven't had their time in the spotlight and really do them justice. Um, but, you know, so I, I wasn't adverse to it. I was, but I wasn't also like, I didn't think it was, as Constance said, I didn't think it was absolutely necessary, but I also don't mind it, so. I have two things to say. One, it, it threw me off the most as to when I saw that it really was the Joker, supposedly kind of sort of, um, because I've always associated the Joker in Arkham always being in isolation. So like having him be in a cell right next to um, Riddler was just really jarring for me. So that's why I thought that it was Harvey. Um, but someone has been saying, and I can't remember who on TikTok said, but Solomon Grundy, thinky thoughts. I welcome that because we've had we've had two actors win an Academy Award for playing the Joker. We've had a lot of joke. I love yeah. the Joker. Everyone loves the Joker, but to me, the reason it bothers me because again, it's not executed poorly. It's it felt like that was the one moment that the studio said, "But we got to get we need a sequel. Stoked. We got to get people talking about the sequels." And I, you know, I just come from an era where you enjoyed what you had for a while. And then when they said sequel, you're like, oh my God, you know, so I, I'm not ready to talk sequels. I just want to enjoy this for a little while and then think about sequels. So that's, that's why it bothered me. Well, yeah, my I almost have did... preferred it as a post credit because then it doesn't like, then you can kind of just forget about it. It's like not really connected to the movie per, per se. You can just end it at the credits. It, it just feels tacked on. It doesn't feel like necessary, which is what post credits are for. But I'm, I see the way I look at this movie is that this movie takes so many risks. I feel like the runtime, the tone, the, you know, it just the, the fact that the movie is kind of calling out the audience for being part of a problem. Like I find this movie being like the risks that it takes. If Warner Brothers is like, can you put in a Joker scene? Just so, you know, if let's say this Last Jedi is itself, people at least can talk about the Joker because this is our like golden goose. I'm like, for me, it's like, I'll take it because I still think, again, if it's just about creating the world of Gotham, um, you know, because like Barry Keoghan could, he could maybe go to an HBO Max show that he's not mainly in the sequel, you know, and I do think because 
the Batman is so singular. And I do think this is not going to be like, I like that Warner Brothers is kind of sticking to this really not doing this interconnected thing. Like they really succeed when they do these singular things. If that's the case, then I do think they do have to do something to keep the excitement going because they don't have a new movie every week like Marvel does. So uh, again, I'm fine with it because I do think that the movie as a whole takes so many risks that if they if they want to throw in a Joker as like a safety net, uh, you know, the movie talks about safety nets. Um, I was uh-huh. fine with it. And it's I still think, you know, it was a, you know, a fun scene to see the Riddler and Joker for the first time interact cinematically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe it'll age uh-huh. better. So maybe years from now when whatever happens next happens, maybe I can look at that differently. So maybe it's just too soon to make up my yeah. mind. But yeah. for right the- now I'm like, ugh. Let's see what he does. Let's see the four. Like, I feel like, because this seems to be a tradition with Batman in general, when we hear the announcement of a character or something, we're, we're apprehensive and then it, we see it and then it works, it pays off. So maybe when we see Barry Keoghan for the first time in whatever narrative he'll, he might be a part of, we'll be like, no, it'll work. It'll be great. Like, you know, the same way that when people watch Samuel L. Jackson at the end of Iron Man, you know, they probably... We're like, what the hell is this? What is the point? Like before end credit scenes or end credit scenes, they were like, why, why is this scene necessary? But then of course we go back now and we're like, oh no, that was really needed and was a really cool way to tease the future. So maybe let, let's see the future and then we'll go back and reassess the scene. Cause this is the only scene I feel that, you know, is about the future. The rest of the movie is the movie. So it's, it's the, it feels out of place because I think there, it's supposed to be cause it's, again, it's teasing the future. Okay, so I think we've pretty much run the gamut here. So I guess we can just go around and give final thoughts, any last people or stuff you want to shout out. Let's start with Constance. This movie is definitely like a nine out of nine, 9.9 9 out of 10 for me. I don't give tens out a lot. I don't even give nines out a lot. So well-crafted. I, I love everything tech-wise about it. I love the quantity of Batman in this movie because other movies you know they use them sparingly and effectively but i i had no idea you could spend so much time with the character and not get sick of them i'm shocked by that so my my own reaction to this is surprising to myself um it's a good time all right i saw it seven times already but i'm, and I'm gonna see it more <laughs> i was gonna ask i was like there's one riddle we didn't solve yet <laughs> it's almost a day one more showing and you'll be a day's worth of batman 24 hours mm-hmm. I did that for the last Jedi concert, so I know how you feel. And I'm not done. <laughs> mm-hmm. Another screening tomorrow. No, I got to do grown-up things, but next weekend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If Jack and I finish our indie spirit reaction, I might go see tonight, so we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Once more. Oh, right. It's early for you. You changed yeah. time zones. Mm. <laughs> how about you, Natalia? What are your um, final thoughts? Loved it nine out of 10. I think, again, the final scene did, did tick, tick me a little bit. Um, and I don't know, I was gonna say something. Ooh, the the one of the last few scenes um, atop the stadium when he's um, holding that young girl and just everything, and he's giving the monologue of, you know, hope and he has changed I have had an impact here. <laughs> yes i made an actual impact i'm no longer in the shadows and the sun is rising and it was just oh so good i love it 
I love full character development in an actual movie and not waiting for the next 13 movies to come out to get something. It was really refreshing. And that I think is one of the strong suits of um, a lot of these DC movies is because they're so compact and they're so its own thing. You can really spend a lot of time with the actual main character. Yeah, nine out of 10 would definitely recommend. My friends were actually pretty hesitant on going to see it um, because they were like, is it too overhyped? And I'm like, absolutely not. Go pay this money. It's so worth it. And I hope they do see it. Yeah, me too. Me too. How about you, Anthony? Final thoughts? Yeah, I just, this conversation has further cemented my love for this movie. I really applaud a lot of the directions that Reeves goes in. I think you can really sense that this is uh, a creative vision from a group of people who feel very passionate about what they're telling. Um, I just, I, I think that this is probably the most comics accurate comic book movie I've seen. It's, you know, it's up there with like Raimi Spider-Man 2 for me. And yeah, I just, there's, I, the only one, last note is that again, I, we alluded to it earlier. I'm just really impressed with the fact that the movie makes Batman become a symbol of hope which is usually Superman's thing, and now it's his thing, which we see visually represented with the bat signal at the end of the movie being seen in like the afternoon light when the sun is still out compared to you know always being shown in darkness. And the fact that the movie does that and it feels organic is I think the greatest testament that the movie takes chances, it matures Batman, it deconstructs him and redefines him for this era. And I think that's needed. I really love that you know people aren't afraid to take these characters and and test them and push their limits. And yeah, I just, I, we're in a wonderful time for comic book movies. And I think blockbusters in general, I think we're getting a lot of smart, entertaining, thrilling films. This being of course, one of them. Uh, it was funny, I'll, I'll wrap up in a sec, but I, one of my friends who somehow had not seen No Way Home yet asked to go see it last night after the Batman. And it was almost sold out and people were cheering like it was opening night. And I was just like, we have a movie that perfectly represents DC and a movie that perfectly represents Marvel within 12 weeks. And I just think that's, if you're a fan of these materials, I think that's pretty freaking phenomenal. And I just, except for Morbius, I'm very excited for this trend to continue with Doctor Strange and Thor and Black Adam and The Flash. I mean, Michael Keaton is coming back as Batman in the same year that we're getting this perfect version of Batman. I mean, we're very blessed. This And Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, like, we're going to be eating good for the rest so of this excited. year. Batman has started us off on a wonderful, wonderful year for blockbuster content. Indeed. Um, I'd probably give it a 9 out of 10 as well. I feel like pretty much all of my thoughts have been put out there. So, yeah. So, yeah. That's the Batman. Oh, I give it a 10. Did I not say the number? No, 10. you didn't. Yeah. So it, it started as a 9.4. The second viewing brought it to a 9.5. And now it's at a 10 because... If it's the best superhero movie of all time, it's in my top 50 favorite movies of all time, which means that it's a 10. So that's how that works. <laughs> As you can tell, I think, I think we all liked the movie. Um, so we would recommend you go least. check it out. Hopefully you didn't listen to this if you haven't seen it. Oh so. yeah, don't do that. That's not Look nice. That, no. No. Uh, yeah. 9.3 is our average. I think, is it? A, yeah, 9.3 is our average rating mm. for, the, for the council. That's a very high grade. Um, yeah. yeah. So thank you all for listening and watching. Hope you enjoyed the Batman as well. Um, yeah. So and thank you all for listening. And goodbye. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>